0: Welcome to Overexerted, a Lorcana podcast brought to you by Two Tired Dads. Thank you for tuning in. I'm Charles. And I'm Ben. And we are your hosts. On today's episode, we'll discuss how to get your hands on Lorcana at launch with our special guest and rate some cards.
1: This episode of Overexerted is brought to you by Guardian Comics. For all your comic and collectible needs, check out guardiancomics.ca. And with us today, we have a special guest... From Guardian Comics, Eric the Iceman.
2: Thanks for having me, guys.
1: Welcome in, Eric.
2: Yeah, no, it's great to have you
1: on. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for the push to get us started.
2: Oh, that was that was almost a little bit too much fun. I do have a tendency to tease people, so as soon as I saw the opportunity to tease you guys talking about doing it, I was like, yeah, I'm just going to run with this until they
1: finally uh, put something together. <laughs> yeah, definitely, I think, uh, added a little fuel to the fire.
0: For those that don't know, this podcast basically started as a joke on the Disney Larkana HQ Discord, where I joked at one point that Salty and I should start a podcast, and here Ben and I are now, so it's a real thing. <laughs> yeah.
2: It got to the point where I didn't think it was going to ever happen, so I had to put some Vegas odds to get some heat behind it, get some money
1: and some action on it. Yeah, that actually made me want to push to get it done that week.
0: I think yeah, it, it was. definitely the wheels were already in motion. Mm-hmm. Um, but that was very funny timing. That's perfect. Okay, so first thing we want to do is go over the new cards that we've got revealed since our last episode. And we got three, which is really good. First up is Rafiki, Mysterious Sage. He is a three-cost, uninkable three strength three willpower one lore and he is a dreamborn mentor sorcerer he has rush so he can challenge the turn he's played and second up we have archimedes he is a one cost inkable two strength two willpower one lore dreamborn ally with no abilities and third we got beast Spain. Five cost, uninkable, four strength, four willpower, two lore, and he has rush and also a roar ability. When you play this character, exert all opposing damaged characters, and he is a dreamborn hero prince. Tell me, Ben, what do you think about Rafiki?
1: Rafiki. So I've always been a big fan of the Lion King, and I do like Rafiki. A three cost for 3 3, not bad. The fact that he has rush kind of adds to it. He's not inkable, so that almost takes away, but the fact that he has that rush and he can challenge the turn that they're played, it kind of creates a lot of good synergy between other cards and himself. The one lore pip I kind of feel is their way of just saying, hey, you're not trying to send this character on a quest. You're trying to use this to kind of bounce off of other characters to work with their abilities. So as much as I like the Rafiki... I understand that it is Dreamborn, so it's not going to be 100% close to the movie art. He's got like a nice little hood there, and he's kind of looking like, kind of reminding me of a a Raiden look from Mortal Kombat with his kind of blind looking eyes and uh, the swirls all around him. I do love the amethyst, pink, purplish dust swirls around him underneath this kind of. Dark blue night sky, you can just barely see his staff sticking out. And I do like the flavor text on there. With the pass can hurt, but the way I see it, you can either run from it or learn from it. So overall, I'm gonna give the Rafiki to go along with his three unenkable, three strength, three willpower, I'm gonna give him a three for playability. Because you kinda need other cards to make it work as much as you want. And I'm going to go with a uh 3.33 for artwork. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Don't try to troll me. So, okay, so you're going to give him a 3 for the art? Uh
1: 3.33, yeah. So he's just
0: completely middle of the road for you. Oh yeah. Not terrible. Not great. You just have him
1: straight down. Essentially, I'm just taking the neutral here. Okay, okay. Way to have a hot take. Okay. Way to sit on the fence. Yeah. Yeah, I'm a fence sitter. Eric, what do you think about Rafiki?
2: Well, it sounds like I'm in trouble too. Uh, I totally agree with a lot of what you said, Ben. The only opposing view is I find that the swirl over Rafiki almost takes away from him. I have no problem with it above his head and off to the side, but the one right up the middle just takes it away. You can't quite clearly see his positioning and stuff like that. I do agree. He is dream-born, so we're sort of expecting him to look a little bit different. I like the little flavor they've done there. I don't like that you can't ink him. Obviously, that does become a big role, especially early in the game, uh, to getting your inkwell up higher. Rush is... A lot of fun especially when you might not have somebody on the board and they're expecting to just be able to freely quest or something like that and you can just slam him down and uh banish them right away so unfortunately for you charles i do have him right at the same i've got him as a three for an art and a three for playability he's going to be uh important in a few decks but uh, he's not going to be used in in almost all the decks
0: okay okay I definitely understand that. Incoming hot take. I think you guys are wrong. I think you're both wrong for a couple reasons here. Not very wrong, but you're wrong. This guy's definitely a 4 out of 5 for playability. Being able to drop him down 3 and remove like a 2 lore princess that you're facing right away is going to be very good. He's basically removal, and we don't have enough removal so I'm very happy. I think him being uninkable is actually not as much of a problem because he's three cost. And because you're going to want to play him. If he was a situational card, might be a little bit different. But you're if you're playing this card, it's because you want him as removal. You're going to put him down on turn three. So I'm less concerned about his uninkable. I know I gave Genie a hard time for that last week. But... Here I am saying it's not a big deal for
2: Rafiki. Um, I don't want to interrupt you too quickly, uh, Charles, but you're so wrong on Genie. He is so much fun to use. (laughs) Bouncing guys off the boards, and again, bouncing your own players off the board is also, I know you guys did mention it, can be so vital in certain situations. I have been loving playing with the Genie.
0: I I totally understand. Uh, I knew that was a hot take. I just think the way I see the game right now at least, of course we only have half the set, I see curves in competitive decks being on the lower end where you may not even decide to go to six sync every game. And so him being that high cost and not inkable, I do think he's he's a bomb, right? Like if you play that card, you're getting a big effect out of it. But I just have learned from playing Magic for years, that big bombs aren't always the most effective thing in competitive. Like, you want value. And time will tell. Uh, Back to my Rafiki take here. He's definitely a 4 out of 5. You guys putting him right in the middle of the road? No, he's a little bit better than that. Does he go in every deck? No. So he's not a 5 out of 5. But I do think he's a 4. To the art, I think you guys are wrong here as well. I don't love that there's so much just shades of purple going on here but you guys are dissing this swirling here this like magic swirl he's got going off i see probably one of the most good looking foil cards
1: oh 100 percent
0: that we have seen so far
2: oh the foil will be a lot of fun absolutely
0: oh now you guys want
1: to agree with me hold on hold on i was gonna say the foil was gonna be nice
0: nobody mentioned foil hold on As I'm saying, these swirls are going to pop off in the foil. There's a little, like, whether they're rain droplets or whatever, like those little sparkles are going to just pop so good. This is going to be a great piece of art. People are going to love it. It's a four out of five.
2: I I do want to revisit this when we do get to see them in hand um, with the foiling because I've heard a lot of rumors that the cold foiling process does dull things down. So it would be interesting to see how well the the swirls come out in the foiling and how they are able to compensate
1: for that. I agree. One thing I did want to add also is the swirl actually reminds me of the film where he kind of like crushes up the, what is it, the leaves and all the other stuff and then kind of sets it out into the wind and it does that yeah. blow through the wind. That's what I think it's supposed to be. So I'm like, I like it, but at the same time, like you said, The reason why it kind of dumbed it down for me was I didn't like that it was kind of covering him up too much. I kind of wish it kind of, maybe he was a little higher and it went down and around him underneath.
2: Yeah, exactly.
1: All right, let's jump into the next card. So Archimedes, the highly educated owl here. Let's go with the guest, Iceman. Eric, what do you think of Archimedes?
2: I I think he's exactly what you're sort of expecting for a a one ink uh, character. He's going to jump into the most decks... He's relatively vanilla, a 2-2, one lore, one cost, he's inkable. Uh, He's going to start you off the game, and then from then on, he's going to be going into your ink wells, except for a few situations where you might need a couple of extra guys on the board. I rather enjoy the artwork on this. You're not exactly too sure what he's doing as a Dreamborn. He's got his little floating hut in the background, and then his wings seem to disappear into almost the, the space behind him. I do like the art on this one. It's it's not overly complicated. It's very basic, but at the same time, it's well done. Uh, I've got the art at four and uh, the playability because he's gonna be making up almost every single one of your Amethyst decks uh, as a four
1: as well. Okay, okay. What about you, Charles? Where's your rating system sit on this beautiful little owl? Well,
0: you know, we've seen this card in Every color so far. Uh, I think except one. We haven't seen it yet. But it seems like everybody's going to get a 2 strength, 2 willpower for one. With one lore. That's just kind of a vanilla stat line. So for those reasons, he's a 3 out of 5 on the playability. I really like this artwork here. You got the galaxy in the background with the stars. He's got some cool like armor piece on. I'm going to give him a 4 out of 5. And honestly... With the cold foiling and the stars, he might end up being a 5 out of 5. Um, but yeah, for now, I got him at a 4. Okay. Uh,
1: I guess I will be the heel on this one. Ah. So, Archimedes. One cost, inkable. Great to see. You know, late game, you could either throw him down and just try and get that one extra lore, or you can just throw him down as ink and kind of save yourself and throw down something bigger. 1-2-2 two, two is great. Easy to take out though, one lower pip. I'm gonna give him a three for playability, and I'm gonna give him a two and a half for art. I wanna say three, but I don't know. You know, okay, I'll go, I'll go three, cause there's really only one thing I don't like about the artwork out of everything in it. I do like the stars in the background. I think that's gonna look fantastic as a foil and the little floating gems behind his little house that has a uh, vine wrapped around it there with more swirls I love that I love the look of his body his claws his little armor piece his eyebrows I do not like his wings and the reason why I do not like his wings is I can't tell if he's got his wings tucked to the side and they're just kind of going back and like gliding or if they're supposed to be up like when a bird's attacking you know what I mean
2: Oh, he's a hundred percent attacking. Look at those talons—they're already extended. He's coming in for the grab. That's right. I just—that's right. I just
1: can't see it based on the art because the underside of the. Oh, it seems so clear to me. Yeah, but the underside of a bird's wings when they're attacking—that's like the color of his outside feathers, and I guess you'd say not fur but feathers. Because if you look at the top of his head, it's kind of the same brown. Whereas the underside should be a lighter color.
2: He, he's coming in and he's going to smuck you with those wings.
1: I'm just going to give him like a 2.5 to 3. I guess I'll 2 and 3 quarters. 2.75. <laughs>
0: no, no, we're not. You're not going to sit here and troll me with decimal points. Do you want to give him a 2 or a 3?
1: I'll give him a 3 because that's the only, only issue I have is those wings. Those wings bug me. And... I'm going to have to be the picky one on the art, I guess. It's just those wings or something about them. I'm like, I looked at the card multiple times. I was like, oh, I'm so happy to see another Sword in the Stone character. But (sighs) I love Archimedes. He's a grouchy old owl. But it's just not kind of exactly what I'm looking for. It's just shy. So I'm going with three on the art.
0: Okay, okay. The last of the new cards we have here is Beast's Wolfsbane. And I guess it's my turn to go first. This is a really good card, honestly. Getting the four, four with rush, you can put down for five. And in addition, being able to exert all opposing damage characters when he comes into play is gonna be very effective at removing stuff. I imagine we're gonna get more cards that kind of interact with him and where you can apply some damage, maybe one damage or two damage to each character. And then you can exert out a board and make them all vulnerable. We do already have Fire the Cannons and Smash as a way to apply damage to a character that maybe your opponent isn't exerting because they want to protect him. Beast is going to be able to take care of all that. So I really like him. He is uninkable in five, so I don't think you can squeeze four of them into most decks. You know, you might put four of them in certain decks, but he's not an auto-include by any means. So for those reasons, I give him a four out of five on playability. His artwork? Is pretty fire Uh, I'm going to give him a 5 out of 5 He looks like he's absolutely a boss He's got some wolves around him And he's Beast Wolfsbane So he's going to either Either those wolves are on his side Or he's about to tear him up I think it's the latter He's got some cool magical gauntlets on An amulet around his uh, cape there I really like this guy 5 out of 5 on art Ben, what do you think?
1: So I do have to agree with you. I do like the 4-4 with Rush. And I do like the Roar when it's played exerting all the other damage characters. I think the best thing about that is, let's say you're playing a green-red deck. And you throw down Beast. He's got the Rush. Let's say there's a character that uh, that isn't damaged but exerted. And you just want to take that character out. And you just want to exert all the other characters that you have damaged already. You throw him down. Boom, 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 boom. Everything's exerted. That one that hasn't been damaged, you could just take it out quick with them, not worry about it. And then you could also use your Aladdin, that beautiful red Aladdin that I love so much, the heroic outlaw, swing into one of those damaged, now exerted characters. Next thing you know, you're taking two lore from them. You're gaining two lore. There's four point difference right there. And all you had to do was throw that beast down.
0: I'm a little bit confused by one thing you said. How are you planning to get rid of a character that wasn't damaged with him because you cannot challenge a character that's not exerted
1: no no i was saying one that is exerted but not damaged
0: oh is exerted but not damaged is
1: exerted but not damaged you could quickly use the beast to take that one out and then use his ability to use aladdin to take another one out so you could take two bodies off the field essentially using this Mm -hmm. beautiful beast i will also be giving him a four for playability just for the fact that I can see a lot of ways that he could mesh well with other cards in decks. And I'm actually surprisingly gonna give my first five on artwork. The reason why I'm giving this a five is very similar to what you said. The gauntlets, his fighting stance, but the way that it kind of has I don't know how to describe it. Um, like it, it looks like a painting. Like his his cloak, the way the cloak comes out, like it almost looks I don't even know how to describe it because I don't know much about paintings and artworks, but is it oil or it almost looks like it just stands out. It pops so well. And I think with the green glowing gauntlets and amulet, it's going to really look good foiled. And the way the wolves eyes are yellow, absolutely beautiful. The background, the trees, like everything stands out. Everything's strong in this. And I don't really see a weakness in the artwork that makes me not like it. Usually I'm very picky looking at, you know, oh, well, the wings are the wrong way or, you know, something's just not right. The only thing I thought of was his left leg almost looks twisted a, a certain way where it doesn't look quite right. Sorry, his his right leg, his you, you right leg, his, sorry. His the right left leg? of the picture. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'd say that's that's the only thing where I kind of come come close to finding a flaw with it. But even that, like, he's essentially a giant bull dog man thing. So I, I don't know how their legs work, but <laughs> everything about it is beautiful and I love it. And this is probably one of my favorite cards, surprisingly.
0: Okay. Eric, where are you on this one?
1: I, I
2: absolutely love this card as well in terms of the artwork. You know exactly what's going on. Um, To Ben's point about finding critiques, the only thing I would have changed would have been uh, to have the beast actually, his eyes, either looking at the wolf to the left or looking directly at us. It looks like he's looking at another third wolf that's in front of him. I just would have liked it to be drawn a little bit more to a focal point, shall we say.
1: That's a good point.
2: In terms of playability, I think I'm a little bit less than you guys. Rush, I think, is very situational and is a great card, similar to what we had with Rafiki. Uh, It works out at times, and other times it's it's sort of useless. Roar is my bigger concern. I don't think we're going to see Roar play a huge impact all the time. Again, when cards are injured, guys are probably not protecting them they're going to rather work to either quickly use them to, to quest to get that lore, or they're just going to use them to take out something else or damage something else. So I don't think you'll see a lot of unexerted characters that have damage on them. So I don't think Roar plays very often. Okay. Uh, for, the, for the art, I've got to give it a five as well. This card is phenomenal. I love it. I I plan to run uh, Emerald Steel. I've said that since basically day one, and I've been playing with the Beast. Haven't used Roar too often, but again, Rush plays well into it. I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm gonna go three on the playability.
0: Okay, okay. So we all love this art. Uh, some small differences in playability, but very interesting. Very interesting. We did have a couple old cards we wanted to go over as well. The first one we're going to talk about is Magic Mirror. Uh-huh. With that reaction, Ben, I feel like you got to start us off.
1: I was <laughs> going to say, tell
2: us how you really feel, Ben.
1: Okay, I will. So, Magic Mirror. Uninkable. Two cost. With the ability Speak. Exert four. Draw a card. Seems like such a waste of six ink overall. Just to get one card. I feel like there's so many better cards out there just to help you draw more cards. Why would you waste four ink when you could, hmm, I don't know. You could play an Elsa for three. And an Olaf. Look at that. That's way better than just drawing a card. Oh, I don't know. You could play the Mickey Mouse Wayward Sorcerer. Have a couple broom start coming out. You could play two Yzmas. Like, just to name a few. You could play all four of your Pascals for the cost of this stinking card that I am not a big fan of at all. Playability? Who? Ben, tell us how you really feel. I don't like it. I don't like it at all. And yet you still give it a two? Drawing a card, sure, it's good. You know what? I would give it a one and a half if I could. But somebody doesn't like my half scores. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, you
0: could, You could give it a one.
1: I could give it a one. But... I've also heard that drawing cards is a major part of this game, but like I said, hmm, would I rather play, I don't know, a Robin Hood, where if you're playing against multiple opponents you're going to get to draw cards? Yeah, sure. Like, I just feel like there's so many better cards. You could do a shifted stitch into the Rockstar and get a card. Like, why, why would you be wasting your four on this mediocre magic mirror? Yes, it's an item, so you don't have to worry about it getting taken out, but... You know, I guess the fact that you could put it down on turn two and later on in the game, be able to start drawing cards when you've got nothing else to do. Yeah, sure. That'll bump it up to a two for me.
0: There is item removal. Does that bump it down to a one for you?
2: Uh, Yeah, the other beast, he comes in and smashes those items.
1: (laughs) Yep. I'm going to say one then. There's my first one no 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 yes one
2: (laughs) do we need to ask you if that's your final answer
1: (sighs) i'm trying to think off the top of my head if there is cards that i don't like more and this is probably one of my least liked cards when it comes to playability yes it's cheap but it's not really artwork three i do like the artwork it's done really well but I'm just, there's something I don't like about the artwork, and it's behind that mask where the the smoke splits. I'm just throwing me off. But, yeah, I'm still just going to give it a three for art. Is it going to look good foiled with the smoke? Probably. Do I like it? Not really.
0: Okay, we got him to give a one. Good job, Eric. How do you feel about this card?
2: Uh, I'm sort of in the same camp as Ben. Um, I can't really see it being too vital across the board. Um, yeah, draw is important, but to to spend all that ink each turn just to get another card just seems way too expensive to me. You drop that down to a one or two ink to get a draw, and all of a sudden this card is in a lot of decks. Right now, I see it very seldom being used. In terms of the art, I, I think I like it a lot less than Ben. Uh seems very basic, uh, short of the actual mask being very representative of the film and everything like that. I, I don't like it. The, the smoke I don't like. I don't like the edging of the mirror. I don't like beyond that, extending all the way to the border. I'm going to go 2-2 across the board for both playability and for art.
0: Interesting. Okay, okay. I definitely understand that. For me, it's a pretty bad card, honestly. I mean, you're talking about six to draw a card, but really, if you actually think about it, you're only replacing the card that you would have had had you not drawn Magic Mirror. So you actually need to then wait another turn and exert it again and pay another four so you're at 10 ink to have gotten ahead one card. Mm-hmm. Um... It's not great. It's really not great. I mean, I do know from like control, like having a way to recurringly draw cards is good, but the cost is probably just too high on this card. I may be wrong. There may be a deck for this where the control is so good that you just need that extra card draw every turn. Uh, But I'm actually also going to give this a 1 out of 5. I don't think it's a great card. Would you look at that? As far as the art, nothing really pops for me on this thing. It does remind me of the movie, but outside of that, it's just not an exciting piece of art. I'm also going to give it a one out of five.
1: There we go. There we go. Ouch.
2: Absolutely dominated.
1: I feel like if the artist had done... So where the Evil Queen has the, what would you say, silk sheet hanging over the mirror... If they had done it where the sheet is like partially draped over the mirror so you could just partially see the mirror, I almost feel like that would be better.
0: I don't know what's going on, uh, as Eric said, like at the border around the mirror. Maybe that is in the movie or maybe it's not. It just does seem off to me. Maybe a zoomed out a little bit version where you saw like a desk and something would be cool. I do understand the focus is the mirror. But yeah, just there's no there's no pop on it. It just doesn't really do it for me.
2: So I, I had to quickly Google it and look at the original source, and it's very true to the movie where it's got that like tome looking outline beyond the mirror. Okay. Okay. Um, so it is very true to the movie, and again, I I didn't realize it either. But uh, I again, it's still I still don't like it
1: for whatever reason. Yeah. The one thing I will say is if you look at the original art and you look at this art in the original art. So in this art, you just see what looks like, I don't know, lines and dashes that look like weird broken H's, some O's and some triangles with like an upside down man. If you look at the original art, it's actually the Zodiac symbols in runes going all the way around the mirror. And it looks way better.
0: I will say... If this card was inkable, it goes up like two whole points for me to a three out of five. Mm -hmm. But just the concern of getting stuck on it early and not having a good use for it. If you are top decking and you draw this card, you're actually pretty happy. True. Late game, you know. But yeah, the uninkable, I kind of wanted to give it a two out of five, but we're going one
1: out of five. You know, we got to have hot takes here. The only way I see this card being good is if you're ink flooded. And that doesn't seem like something that's going to happen when you're inking a card on your first turn and playing a card, hopefully. You're now down to five cards. And then you draw one. You do the same thing on turn two. You're down to four. Like, at all I can see, really, is the only way this is good is if you're running out of cards consistently because of your lack of ability to draw cards. But even then, like... On turn 4, you're putting out all your ink with this that you played on turn 2 just to draw a card and not be able to play it until the next turn.
0: This isn't a turn 4 play. You're not really playing this on turn 2. You might play this card on turn 5 and then maybe draw a card on turn 6 and also play something cheap. Realistically, I don't think it would actually get used the way you're describing it. Nobody's looking to play this on 2 and then use it on turn 4 cuz it's just too big of a tempo hit. Yeah. Um this is definitely a later game play, which again is why it being uninkable is uh such a such a big deal.
1: Yeah, exactly.
2: Yeah. I I think you made a really good point, Charles, that you actually have to use it twice to be useful. Yeah. Um because the first time is essentially what you would have gotten instead of magic mirror. And I I think you could even make a case that you have to use it three times because if you don't have it in your deck entirely, the first time is what you're getting instead of magic mirror. The second time is, is your garbage card. And the third time would be magic mirrors actually beneficial. we'll
0: Well, no, no, you're definitely ahead. You definitely have gained card advantage on the second draw. So you don't, you don't need three, uh, two. You've gained a card at two uses. Um, but if you compare it to Beastmire, Smear, which, you know, we're not giving the full review on Beastmire right now. But Beastmire Smear is two as well, but it is inkable. And you pay three to draw a card, but you can't have any cards in your hand. I find that to be a lot more useful. If I do draw it early, I can throw it in my inkwell. And when I'm going to want to use that, when I'm willing to pay that amount to draw a card is late when I don't have any cards in my hand. So I find that to be a much better card. That's fair. The next card we're going to discuss is Jumba Jukiba, Renegade Scientist.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I think Jumba Jukiba is a good card to review. Why Why is that? Well, first we can help everybody get the name right instead of saying Jumba Jukuba or Jumba Jukiba. It's Jumba. Basically, think of Jumbo, but you're replacing the O with an A. It's Jumba, and Jukiba, just like he says in the movie, Jumba Jukiba, or Jumba Jukiba. What What did I say? (laughs) He said Jumba. You said Jumba. You know what you said. I thought he said Chamba Wamba. Oh, I thought he said Jumbalaya. Jumba, Jumba Jukuba, right? <laughs> yeah. uh, so, Eric, what do you think of Jumba Jukuba? <laughs> um, I'm I'm
2: pretty sure that Chamba Wamba <sighs> will be important. Um, again, I've been rocking emerald steel so i'm very impartial to these cards i i find that i'm inking him a lot more than i'm using him his two lore is probably going to be a game changer once i find a better tempo to get him down and everything like that because he's he's almost tanky he's got that five will power so he's gonna withstand at least one maybe even two extra rounds um from almost every single character. And again, you got two lore. Uh, in terms of the art, I, I'm very indifferent. Nothing pops, nothing stands out. It looks very, again, basic's probably the wrong word to use, but it looks very basic. Even his fingers aren't very well defined. His, his apparel isn't well defined. Uh, overall, I'm going to go with a, a two for art and a three for playability.
1: Okay, okay. What about you, uh, Charles? What do you think of Jumba Jakiba?
0: Well, I mean, he's pretty basic, vanilla, four, five, two lore, five cost, inkable. Like, I'm pretty sure if we don't, if every color doesn't get one of these in the first set, it's going to happen at some time. And I think at five, you want cards that have some abilities that have some effects it's okay when you're at the like one and two cost maybe even three to get the three four like a mickey mouse steamboat um but at five you kind of need a little more out of the cards so I, you know i give him a two out of five on playability honestly i think as the game goes on he'll become a one out of five you won't really see him in any decks On one hand, I do agree with Eric about the artwork. The colors just kind of all are a little too similar. There's not really any vibrancy to this artwork. Of course, there is like the neon glowing object in front of him, which I don't know much about this character, but I assume is some experiment. He does kind of have a cool blue off his back. Uh, But most importantly, he kind of reminds me of Jabba the Hutt. (laughs) <laughs> and for those reasons, I'm giving this piece of art a 4 out of 5. Oh
2: my, wow. what? <laughs> <laughs> you remind me of Jabba, so you get a really good score. Everything else, trash.
0: <laughs> Sometimes that's all it takes.
1: Well, the way I feel about Gumbo Jambalaya is uh, he's got the two glasses on one eye, nothing on the other eye, so tells me that only his one eye is bad, or that's some sort of crazy alien monocle. The 5 cost inkable, I, I like having a 5 cost inkable. If you don't need it late game or early game, you just bam, throw it down and ready to go. Two lore for a 4-5 with no abilities though, not something that I'm hoping to use. I kind of uh, want to almost have an ability on every card, I know that's not going to be possible. But that's how I play my Marvel Snap. That's how I like playing a lot of other card games. Kind of just adds a little to the game. You know, you know that something's going to do something when you play it instead of it just sitting there being a big blob like whatever he's got in that green glowing container. Because that's definitely not Stitch. And that's what he's supposed to be making is Experiment 626 and many other experiments. That's not what I'm seeing here. I am going to give Jumba Jukiba, Renegade Scientist. A two for playability. And a two for art. I do like the glowing blue behind him that's almost like he's got like some sort of moon behind him while he's working on whatever experiment he's working on. But like you said, the green glow with his hands kind of basically basking in the nice warmth of a fire. His palms almost look fuzzy. And he's not really a fuzzy alien. He's more of a leathery alien. Um... I'm not really seeing anything that makes me go, wow, I love this card. I understand that they tried to put like a scientist coat on him or an engineering coat possibly, but I'm not really seeing much texture to the coat. I do like that you get to see the little weird screwdriver, which which is more of a woodworking tool than a screwdriver by the looks of it. A bunch of test tubes. Really, he just looks like a messy scientist. I'm, I'm going to go
0: 2-2. Okay. And our last card of the episode is going to be a surprise from Eric. He has not told us yet what card he wants us to talk about. Uh, lead the way, Eric. What are we working with here? I
2: right, I really wanted to get Ben's reaction live when I said what card I wanted to review. So I refused to tell him when he asked me. Mm-hmm. Um, so Ben, I, I hope you're ready. You only get one shot at this. But uh, can we review Jafar, the Wicked Sorcerer? I, was,
1: I knew it was coming. I knew eventually it was coming. I knew it. Everybody knows exactly how I feel about this, and I'm just going to jump right in. I don't like Jafar at all. This is – I'm going to start with art. I'm going to start with reviewing art because I'm already fired up on this. I, <laughs> I hate it. I hate this art. I am sorry, Jake Parker, but I hate this art. That's right. I'm calling out the artist on this one. I do not like his silly face with his lack of jowls. Where are Jafar's jowls? This is not my Jafar. Hashtag not my Jafar. I want the Jafar I'm used to. I understand it's a Dreamborn, but a Dreamborn doesn't mean that he suddenly didn't get jowls. This Jafar just is angry angry. And I'm angry at him because his art is not what I want. And, like, the snake rods popping out of the ground, are they busting through carpet? Are they busting through wood? Like, I can't really tell. I do like the glowing palms. You know what? I'm going to go like this. I'll break it down piece by piece. Snakes. Just the snake rods by themselves. Cool. I like it. It kind of makes me feel like he's in this room where somebody's trying to come at him and he's like not today sucka boom popping snakes out of the ground you know glowing hands makes me think he's casting some sort of spell amulet cool outfit cool face trash tearing through the carpets eh, not so cool the nice swirls at the top right of the card where it kind of looks like almost like you could see stars and like planets, possibly like a galaxy just swirling. I like that. In the hollow, it's going to look awesome if I cut just that section off of the card and mount it on my wall so that everybody knows how much I hate Jafar that I just cut off his filthy little hand just for that one little piece of artwork. Now, the real question is the real question is well, the question is do I hate this card the most? it does have some redeeming factors it's not so plain but that face has rocked me to the core to the point that i just can't find myself liking this card i find myself finding this card in a booster pack turning to the closest kid in the store who's interested in lurkana and handing him this jafar but i almost just would rather throw it away because I don't want some poor kid to have to look at this Jafar and say, well, now I don't want to play Lorcana because this Jafar right here.
2: It's okay. He's a common, so you'll get lots of them.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> Would you say that this artwork is so bad? You're clearly giving it a one out of five on art. I mean, that's pretty clear. You haven't actually said that yet, but is this artwork so bad? Then it hurts your playability score as well? Because you don't want to play it?
1: If I could take a Sharpie and black out the artwork and just have just the name Jafar Wicked Wizard with the stats, I'm playing this card. I'm playing this card. So, I think, this card. Play-
0: so I think you're going to give it a 1 out of 5 on playability as well then. Is that right?
1: I'm giving it a 1 out of 5. Actually, you know what? I'm tempted to give this bad boy a 0 because this is my most disliked card right now. I do not have a card that I dislike more than this Jafar. I mean, I possibly do. Maybe somebody else will point out another card that I just dislike as much as this Jafar. But I'm giving this Jafar a 1 for art. Now, a 4 inkable, 2-5 with challenger. When challenging, he gains plus 3. That makes him a 5-5 five five when he's challenging. That's uh, that's a pretty beefy boy. And if you don't want to use him, you ink him. <sighs> that's... That's a real tough one, actually. One lore, though. So you are more using this as a heavy-hitting body. I'm going to go with a three. Yeah, I'll give him a three. I can differentiate the playability and the art, if you want to call that art.
0: Okay. You're going to give him a three out of five for playability, even though you're going to rip him up every time you look at him?
1: I'm going to hand him out every time (laughs) I look at him. Anybody who wants my Jafar's, Shoot me a message on Discord, find me in the uh, Discord HQ, and you just send me a DM and say I want your Jafar's, and if I ever see you, I'll be handing you a stack of Jafar's.
2: Every every time he goes into a tournament, he's going to have to play a game, and all of a sudden he's going to be like, gosh darn it, Jafar again, rips it up, fights through the sleeve just to rip it up, and then he's going to have to go to his backpack to put some new ones back in his deck
1: i'm gonna be in a tournament and they're gonna be like all right this is it you're gonna make it to worlds if you can win this game and i'll be like all right and then my opponent will throw down a jafar and i'll just have to sit there staring at it the whole time and i'll just be like i'm scooping <laughs> i'm not looking at this jafar i'm scooping wow okay, okay i love disney it is hard for me to bash some disney art I love Disney. I don't know if I've mentioned this to the listeners, but every single episode that we've recorded so far, I have been wearing a Disney shirt or sweater.
2: And and I've been pushing for a uh, YouTube version of this for these reasons, to see the shirts, to see the mullet, and I've been vetoed on that. So I think the listeners need to make their voices heard (laughs) because together we are stronger than one.
1: Well, I'll put it this way. If Twitch listens and Twitch makes a Lorkana category, I will stream myself playing online games of Lurcana against my co-host, just for the listeners. There you go.
2: Okay, okay.
1: There it is. Charles, where do you see this card?
0: I mean, first of all, just what a terrible take from Ben. Can I say that? Um, <sighs> this is a pretty good card. Like, uh, He doesn't know what the rods are popping out of. It's clearly sand. What? It's so clearly sand. It could not be more clear.
1: Oh. <laughs> what?
0: It could not be more clear that these rods are popping out of sand. I don't know if you've watched Aladdin, but pretty much every scene, sand.
1: Not every scene. What about when they're in the palace? What about when they're in his house? What about they're, they're in the, the... It's a sandy palace. It's all I sand. I said
2: pretty much every <laughs> I don't, scene. I, I don't know how... I don't know how the the whole
1: stuff stays together cuz there's nothing but sand. Okay, the palace isn't full of sand. The uh cave of wonders is not full of sand. Does it's it under the sand. Does it look like
0: he's in the palace?
1: I don't know or where it looks I don't know where it looks like he is. There's no place in Agraba that's orange. It's more of a yellowy white for the sand.
0: That's a sand that's lit up with all that the magical mud. stuff that's going on. You mentioned you could see a little bit of the night sky in the background. That would lead you to believe that again, he's probably outside.
1: This is a pretty. I didn't good say piece night sky. Art. I said it's like a galaxy swirl from his magical hands.
0: This is a pretty nice piece of art. I do wish there was a little more pop to it. It's just it, and it could be just the picture we have, but like. Because who knows what the actual card exactly looks like? It feels a little washed out to me, is really my only gripe. Uh, but I'm going to hold judgment until I actually see the card in person. I'm giving this guy a four out of five. It's a pretty nice piece of art. He's handling business. He's a sorcerer because he's dreamborn. He's casting spells. He's summoning snake rods. He looks pretty savage. I can't even talk to you anymore. (laughs) On the playability side, I think he's pretty good. You know, Amethyst is the more like control, removal, challenge kind of color with lots of card draw. So they're, they're not like really a good rush color. They're more of a I'm going to challenge your characters down and uh, take control of the game in the late game. And he's one of only two 4-cost characters that have that 5 willpower. Uh, the other being Aurora. That's a 2-5 without any kind of challenger bonus. Um, so I think he's pretty good. I'm going to give him a 4 out of 5 on playability as well.
1: All right, Eric, do you want to tell uh, Charles why he's wrong?
2: Tell Charles why he's wrong or why you're wrong?
1: Well, you can tell Charles why he's wrong about this ugly art of jowl no, this, Jafar.
2: This, this card is, is awesome, buddy. Um, unfortunately, I don't know why you're so against it. Um, everything is magical on this card. Everything is magical. I mean, as soon as he was announced and posted i don't know if this one was twitter directly i want to say it was but everybody on the discord loved jafar he what? is probably the worst piece of art that we've seen in the entire set <laughs> um, and so it's it's gonna be hard to top jafar um i'm totally in the same camp as you ben i i can't keep a straight face even though you can't see my face jafar the wicked sorcerer is garbage as far as the art is concerned. One out of five, my lowest rating card for sure. Um, I had to try and get you going a little bit. As far as playability, um, I'm not a huge fan of the whole Challenger thing. Um, I probably haven't seen it used enough, played with it enough. I I love a high willpower at five. You're able to do a lot with that. He is inkable as a four card cost, but the Challenger I I don't love at the same time i don't hate it it does allow you to knock out some big heavy hitters in one sweep on your turn instead of uh questing for that single lore so in terms of playability i'll give them a three yeah art one playability three
1: there we go there we go now i'm gonna i'm gonna help you here if you watch aladdin you'll see those massive jowls that i'm talking about but if you go on lurkania and you look at Jafar next to the Dr. Facilier card that's right next to him it's the same person just one actually looks good wow wow so and it's the doctor who looks good so
0: many Not hurt this. feelings
1: I will never like this Jafar <laughs> that's okay you don't have to
2: that's why I had to bring it up I knew it was this touchy subject and uh I just had to bring it up for that reason
1: I knew somebody was going to and I'm glad it was you
2: I, I have to do the dirty work so that you can't be too mad at Charles. <laughs> well, we do have to
1: keep the podcast going. <laughs> exactly.
0: I think we should move on to our other topic of today, which is to uh, help people understand how to get their hands on Lorcana come August and September. I've seen a lot of people in the Disney Lorcana HQ coming in as new members and asking about how they can get their hands on this game And so I thought it'd be good to cover that. The first thing I want to cover is an acronym that you may see online and not fully understand. And that is the LGS and FLGS. And these simply stand for local game store and favorite local game store.
1: Or friendly local game store.
2: Or friendly. Or shop. But essentially... Card store, Mm -hmm. comic store. Yeah, it's a pretty... uh wide open acronym that's for
1: sure
0: -hmm. but essentially it's a store that sells TCGs and probably hosts TCG events as well now you may ask how can you locate such a store because simply searching Google Maps for Game Store is not really going to yield the results you're looking for most of the time I do have a couple tips and tricks I recommend googling Wizards of the Coast event locator. And searching for Magic the Gathering events. Because these are the stores that are going to be most likely to also be getting Lorcana at launch. Um, You could also try the Pokemon event locator as well. Uh, But definitely local game stores is going to be your first resource for getting your hands on Lorcana As it releases in game stores on August 18th, and doesn't release anywhere else until September 1st. Ben, what are your exact plans for getting your hands on L'Arcana?
1: Alright, so my exact plans for getting my hands on Lorcana is I've actually called... Previously, I said that I've called two local game shops, but I actually called a third one today, and that one's in the town that I work in, instead of the town that I live in. I am on the top of the list at my favorite friendly local game store. The other local game Neighborho- store, neighborhood game store. Yes, my friendly neighborhood game store, as I like to say, because I'm a big Spider-Man fan. Let's go, Spider-Man. So, I have called the one local game shop near me that I love the most. The owner's great. I actually just got him into the Discord today, and he is pumped to be there. And he's already said that he's, uh, he already said that he has registered for organized play. So hopefully, hopefully he gets that. We'll find out actually. Three days from now, I believe they said they're going to start reaching out to local game shops and letting them know who's got the organized play kits coming to them. What I'm also hoping, to go off of what you said of uh, how you can find Lorcana and game shops that will be selling it, I'm hoping that on the Lorcana website there might be something that says where to find product near you. I'm hoping they do something like that. I know it's also going to be very difficult to do something like that, but they also shouldn't have a tough time when they're the ones who are kind of allocating it where they want it to go so I'm hoping that it'll be on their website Um, so yeah I have the one shop that I've actually gone out of my way to start buying gift cards for their shop just so I've been putting that money aside I've also put money aside in a bank account which is a lot harder to do because you put the money aside in the bank account you see it all adding up there and you want to buy something else for me I'm looking at trying to get a motorcycle soon so the fact that I see it there and I go hey that's a motorcycle right there And I have to remember, hey, that's actually like four boxes of Lurkana. I'm kind of just hoping that uh, I get it from that first local game shop. I know he told me that I'm on top of the list there. And then the other local game shop said that I was on the top of the list at their one as well, but I'm more leaning towards the first one. Um, The first, the second one's essentially just a backup option. If I am unable to get as much as I'd like to get at drop. And uh, the third option is only if the first option gets beaten out for the uh, organized play kits there. So, yeah, I've got about three shops within a 30-minute radius ready to go. And uh, I'm I'm on the list of all of them. So I don't think I'm going to have a problem getting into the first chapter.
0: And is that your entire plan for getting your hands on Arcana?
1: That's part of the plan. The rest of the plan is once I've gotten it from the LGS and FLGS, I'm actually going to be heading either across the border to go to one of the big box shops down there and picking up as much as I can out of your your local Target or I'm just going to the local Walmart and grabbing as much as I can off the shelves on the day of launch. I haven't figured that out yet because I have a feeling that Target's going to get it and I'm not sure that Walmart is.
2: He's also begged me uh, behind the scenes several times to hold him product as well.
1: That is true. I mean, not true. I, uh, I'm i not going to comment on that.
2: can't confirm nor deny that, Mr. President?
1: I cannot incriminate myself. What about you, Charles? What is your full plan of snagging some product?
0: I've got a three-stage plan. I've basically contacted every local game store... Within about an hour and a half, maybe two hour drive from my house. And I haven't found any that are doing pre-orders, which I prefer. I don't want to have to put any money up front anyways. But I have found a few that are creating lists, essentially, that they'll contact you uh, once they know what their allocation looks like or uh, at release when they have whatever product available for you. Um, So that's stage one of the plan. Stage two of my plan is I have requested off from work September 1st, which is the street date for big box stores. So that is when you have a chance to find it inside of Target's, potentially Walmarts. We don't know if there are any other big box stores initially. I mean, we don't really even know those stores for sure, but Target is a big partner with Ravensburger for Villainous, so it makes sense. Walmart is Walmart, so it probably makes sense. I'll be going to all the Walmarts in the area, all the Targets in the area. Stage three of the plan, which I think is not talked about very much, is ShopDisney.com. ShopDisney.com is supposed to be carrying Lorcana on September 1st, so I will be on the website refreshing probably at midnight, probably at midnight East Coast first, and then Midnight West Coast afterwards, just constantly trying to check the website and see if any product pops up on there.
2: You probably shouldn't have told everybody that's listening that's your plan.
1: Now they know. Now you've
2: just created thousands of more people that are going to be searching on ShopDisney.com, by the way.
0: Yeah, I understand that. But our audience... You're spreading the love is what you're Our saying. audience deserves to know what I know
2: the tips and the tricks
0: they deserve to know what i know i don't i'm just trying to beat the scalpers i'm not trying to beat people that want to play the game i hope everybody who wants to play the game can get their hands on it but i know there's going to be scalpers and i am trying to beat them to the punch now speaking of eric you actually
2: own a local game store right that i do um and so this is definitely new territory for us Um, I've known about Lorcana since probably November-December of 2022 um, and was quite excited about it then and our orders were due uh, the first week of April I think it was April 10th to be exact and so I ordered essentially a truckload of this stuff I knew it was going to be cool, I knew it was going to be hot and I'm personally super excited about this my wife doesn't have a gambling addiction, but she loves to open up packs.
1: Oh, yes. Um, so
2: I, I cannot bring Pokemon home because they never make it to the shop because she ends up opening the packs. Um, so there's times where I've left booster boxes and stuff like that, and I've come home, and it's nothing but empty wrappers. And she's excited to show me what her pulls were and stuff like that. <laughs>
0: That's pretty awesome.
2: <laughs> so this is one product that i'm super excited for because it's not the same as pokemon to to me was always collectability this we're both excited to play unfortunately or fortunately however you want to describe it we have printed off proxies we've played on some of the online apps um, and the two of us are absolutely loving it Well, we can play while our little one is sleeping. Mm -hmm.
0: Mm -hmm. So
2: we have ordered a whack ton of product. Uh, Unfortunately, the goalposts have definitely moved several times from everybody's point of view. Uh, Our order again, April 10th, meant that we were told by our distributors we should know by the end of April, first week of May. And then that quickly changed to first week of June and then once they announced the play program uh, i quickly knew that we weren't going to find out until all of those decisions were made so i'm hopeful we did submit for play we do have space to play and i'm hoping that will sort of secure us allocation but uh, like most shops we're still in the dark as to to what we will get so like most places we knew right up front not to take any sort of pre-orders because our distributors even told us straight up. They told us don't take pre-orders. It's going to be highly allocated. And if you take pre-orders, you're sort of setting your neck out on the line to have the, the chopping block come down on it if you're offering out too much product. So we decided it was in our best interest not to take any money from anybody. We've got an Excel sheet with lists of people that want certain product and how much they want. So that once we know we can sort of let everybody know and we have been very active in the discord as well so we do plan to keep everybody in the discord up to date saying hey we've heard about our allocation it's not good or it was good so we're hoping that come the first week of july we will have sort of real numbers for the first time and then be able to start offering out product to our local guys Um, and one of the things that i've been hoping to do is run a local tournament we have a really big show coming up at the end of september so we'd sort of like to run like a gen con type tournament starter decks couple booster packs and uh, have some prizes from there very nice
1: oh i would love to get in on that if i wasn't so far away
2: well it's it's just an airplane ride over or you can uh drive you could take a train True, true there might be a boat
1: you have a spare room but
2: uh I do have a spare room in the house, yeah. Perfect. Um, that said, because the convention is about two hours away, three hours away from me, we will be getting a hotel. Ooh. So you could probably jump in the hotel. You're used to a crying baby. I am. So so there you go. My little guy will be at the convention with us. Um, and you can bring yours as well, and uh, we'll have a grand old time. Perfect.
1: Baby play date while dads play Lurikana.
2: Exactly.
0: As a store owner, how do you feel like the communication's been from Ravensburger?
1: I
2: think it's been wild for everybody, and I don't want to to point fingers. I don't think they were sort of expecting this sort of a response, whether that's a positive or a negative thing. Maybe they set their expectations way too low, and they were blown away, which is always something very positive as a an organization. It's definitely been frustrating because, again... Uh, we've ordered a whack of product and we don't know if we're getting one booster box case or if we're getting multiple booster box cases. And it means we can't even have people lined up because I would hate to disappoint somebody and say, yeah, sure, we've got you covered. And then all of a sudden get none or say, hey, we don't know. And then all of a sudden they found it from somewhere else. Mm -hmm. So it's been very hit or miss. Um, And it's very difficult Mm -hmm. because obviously we know that the second chapter or whatever you want to call it is coming out uh, November, December. And our orders for this one were due April, which meant product in August. So if the second chapter is coming out in November, that means that our orders will be probably coming up very soon for the second chapter. And we have no idea Mm -hmm. what sort of numbers we're looking at.
0: Did you hear about the hobby store program application and organized play application from your distributor or from Ravensburger? Or did you hear about that because you were in the Disney Lorcana HQ Discord?
2: So we actually work with several different distributors um, for different products and stuff like that, two of which offer uh, Lorcana. Um, and one of them actually reached out to us about three days, four days before the deadline was due and said, Hey, just to let you know that your application for play is due by, I think it was June 5th. Um, and the other distributor was radio silent. Um, the one that was radio silent is probably the biggest distributor for TCGs and product across canada so i'm sort of not surprised but that said i'm a little bit disappointed that they didn't reach out to us especially given the quantity that we ordered you would think that they would have been on the ball saying hey these guys are clearly serious about uh getting on board so they should probably do the application where the smaller distributor is the one that actually reached out to us and it was appreciative but i did know about it ahead of time from being on discord Uh, We'd already shot our video. We'd already uh, submitted our application when they did reach out to us.
0: Wow. So you did get notified from your distributor, but with minimal notice before the deadline, like you would have only had a few days to complete that application.
2: Correct. It would have been um, a real mess to try and do it um, because, again, they wanted the video with no customers in the video, which was sort of easy for us because we're not open on Saturday and Sunday because we're normally at a convention but I don't think there was actually a Saturday or Sunday between the time they notified us and our application was due. I'm going to say they notified us on a Monday and the application was due on Friday.
1: Wow. Oh, nice. Um, not much time at all there. The fact that the uh, larger distributor didn't even reach out is kind of, yeah, I could understand how that would kind of be a shot to the heart.
2: Yeah. And, and that's sort of it. Um, it's a catch 22, I guess. They're the biggest one. So they don't, probably don't have time to reach out to everybody and whatnot, but I think a blanket email to anybody that pre-ordered the product should have been sent out. Um, To be honest, I'm a little bit grateful that they didn't send out a mass email because that would have meant more competition for us, which likely meant more stores applying, which likely meant more stores accepted. And maybe we, we won't end up being one of those stores because more would have applied. So It's a catch-22. I'm sort of glad they didn't, because it saved us a little bit.
1: Yeah, I actually called one of the uh, local game shops that I was talking about earlier today, and I said, hey, I was just wondering if you guys are carrying Lurkana. And they're like, yeah, we plan on carrying it. And I said, okay, have you guys already applied for the organized play kit? And they said, yeah, we plan on doing organized play. But they didn't say, yes, we applied for the organized play kit. So the first shop that I was talking about has already applied for it, already knew when I had messaged him after seeing it on discord said hey just want to let you know because you're the shop I plan on going to you're my number one like I want to let you guys know because that's where I want to play on weekends and such and uh he actually reached back out to me and said yeah we've already applied we already got everything done we're just wrapping up our video right now so the fact that my first choice is like right on the ball like that's my go-to 100% and the other one didn't even know that they had to apply so I'm like he he actually messaged me the, the first one and he's like yeah it's either going to be us or these other guys and then after I called them I'm like yeah I'm pretty confident it's going to be him
2: yeah and that's that's sort of the problem is there's so much to know and to do
1: mm-hmm.
2: um, if again if I wasn't on the discord there was no chance that we were having time to shoot the required video and send them over the required documents to get it done um for our application so it's sort of a a tough situation to be in because if you're not paying attention you're probably not getting any sort of product for the first chapter until we'll call it wave two or three which might be end of september early october maybe even into november
0: Mm -hmm. yeah it's just something i wanted to ask and i think it makes a good point you know where it's like don't be too discouraged if you're local game store doesn't get Lorkana right away, work with them, let them know like, Hey, here's the process. Here's what you need to do to get signed up for the second chapter. And that way you can start to build a community. Even if they don't have the product at launch this time, they can get the ball rolling and make sure that they are able to get product come the second and third and fourth chapters. Uh, because Ravensburger has said that local game stores will get a two-week early release for product uh, for at least the first six chapters, which is really nice.
2: Mm-hmm. I I think that's phenomenal. Um, one of the things that we had to put on the application was what other products do you carry and sort of why. And I was very blunt. I said we can't compete with Amazon pricing um, for a lot of the, the mainstream stuff because... Amazon prices are just too unobtainable for us to bring in specific products. So we have to be selective. So I absolutely love that they are giving the game stores a little bit of an advantage because it's not something you see many places give the smaller guys a chance these days.
1: Yeah, to me it actually says that they want to build a community around this instead of they just want people buying as many cards as they can and sitting at home playing by themselves.
2: Absolutely, absolutely. And and they don't want people just tucking it away and sitting on cases and cases and cases of unopened product, hoping that it becomes a first edition booster box like Pokemon or an alpha pack for Magic. They want people out there playing the game, again, which I think is phenomenal as an owner.
1: Yeah. One thing that I did notice is they were talking about the application deadline. Um, People were talking about it in the Discord today, and I've actually have the website up here right now and it says the first chapter organized play kit has closed applications are now being accepted for set 2 organized play kit support my question is do the people who already applied and possibly got their application through and accepted for set 1 are they going to have to apply for set 2 as well or is it kind of going to be a running list and they're adding more stores in set 2 i know it's kind of not a question for you to answer or anybody else but I don't know, what are your guys' thoughts on that? Because I'm kind of hoping it's just we want to build more on the following sets and kind of reach out to more stores and continue with what the ones that we already have.
0: That certainly is an important question. I think they're going to let stores know uh, when they do notify them whether they've been accepted for the first chapter or not, whether they need to reapply for the second chapter even though they were accepted or hey, you weren't accepted for the first set, but go ahead and apply for the second set. Um, I'm hoping they do communicate that clearly to stores because it's a great question.
1: Yeah, because I kind of feel like if you don't... If you got accepted for the first one, I feel like it'd be silly to make you reapply for the second one. Like You've already got the details. You've got their documentation. You've got everything that you guys wanted from them. Just keep it going with what you've already got. But yeah, if, if we heard from... Robins about that, that'd be great, but I guess we'll wait and see. Yeah,
2: to my understanding is that once you're in, you're in, as long as you sort of abide by the rules, um, you're in, you're in. So they're just adding additional stores. Um, Of course, you can always opt out and say, hey, we're not doing this anymore. But to my understanding is once you're in, you're in, and they will then add additional stores for the second chapter.
1: All right. So what kind of first got you interested in Lorcana? Like, do you have like a big Disney love or is it just kind of a new TCG that you were interested in?
2: It was sort of a combination of everything. So when I saw it uh, in November, December of 2022, a very good buddy of mine, he's a Disney Park annual pass holder or whatever you want to call it. Um, I immediately sent it to him and he's a big magic guy. I'm a big Pokemon guy. All of a sudden, the two of us were like, this is cool. We need to know more. We need to to jump in on it. And from there, it just sort of continued to grow. Of course, like most people, I grew up on Disney movies. Um, so all of a sudden, a chance to jump in from the ground floor on a game that, of course, my wife enjoyed, which I think isn't talked about enough. Um, unfortunately, a lot of culture... Um, it's no different in the comic book world is that a lot of things are very male centric and male dominated as soon as I mentioned that there was a Disney trading card game coming out she was excited Um, it was something that she knew and she understood she loves the Disney princess sides of things so all of a sudden it was an opportunity for the two of us to continue and and enjoy um, both our collecting and playing sort of hobbies and styles so that got me further interested in it again the ability to jump in from square one uh, is always nice Uh, you never want to jump into something and you're like you feel like you're falling behind or you feel like you've got to spend silly money to jump in um, and join on with everybody else Uh, again sort of jumping back to the comic side of things uh, the comics tend to I'll call it reboot or restart very frequently now because they realize that nobody wants to try and find the first 700 issues of spider-man because they're often not available and expensive so they just start chunking them into six or 12 issues Mm -hmm. where people are like oh it's only spider-man number three i will find spider-man one and two and that's easy to do but if you had to go back and find 700 issues to figure out how spider-man got here Nobody wants to do that legwork, and it's often very expensive. Mm-hmm. So all of a sudden, to jump into a new TCG, that one we all know the the IP characters, two you're on the ground floor, and three it was something that my wife could enjoy. It was just something that was uh, almost a match made in having a perfect scenario, a tornado caught in a bottle, whatever you want to call it.
1: Perfect. Yeah, that's kind of what I had as well. I think Charles is on the same page as well.
2: Yeah, absolutely.
0: It was. For me personally, less about the IP. I really enjoy the mechanics of the game. But definitely being able to get on the ground floor. I love the IP in that I know that's going to draw a lot of new players to the game. Some from other TCGs and a lot of people who've never played TCGs before. I like Disney, but I'm no Disney fanboy by any means. That's me. But uh, definitely being able to get in, not having to catch up with 20 years of cards. Um, it's really big.
1: Yeah, definitely. And
2: and, and I think that's continued. Um, I know the mechanics. Everybody was excited for the rules. Um, and of course, I think everybody was expecting the rules to be relatively simple because it was Disney-focused and they want players of all ages and whatever have you. But once we saw the rules and had a chance to sort of test it out with proxies or on the online apps and stuff like that, I think it further cemented that this really is a game that anybody can pick up and it takes you mere minutes to learn the game. But of course they say a lifetime to master or whatever have you. Exactly.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I do love that. All right. So I think we're going to wrap the episode up there. We'd like to thank our guest, Eric from guardian comics for joining us. Thanks, Eric. Why don't you go ahead and shout yourself out?
2: Oh, you guys are a blast to have, uh, to hang out with for a couple of hours. Um, I hope to do this again and very much appreciate you guys having me on. Um, Yeah, so once this comes out, hopefully uh, you guys will see us running some tournaments, having some product, and uh, if you're looking for any comics or Pokemon stuff, feel free to uh, check us out as well.
0: Do you have any socials you want to plug?
2: All of our socials are pretty simple. It's uh, basically everything is Guardian Comics, Guardian underscore comics for Instagram guardian comics.ca or again just reach out to me on discord i'm on the main hq one um i'm pretty much always on my phone because that is life these days so feel free to ping me and i will answer you guys as soon as possible
0: and that's iceman399 right
2: that is correct i got to lock that in discord did their silly name change things and uh fully cemented iceman399 is my unique username
1: beautiful
0: also want to shout out to our community thank you guys so much for the support you've showed us already over our first couple episodes uh the response has been incredible it's really encouraged us to keep everything going please if you have any community questions for us please send them to us we have our twitter at over cast or you can send us an email overexertedcast at at gmail.com give us some questions and we'll definitely answer them on the next episode Thank you guys for joining us here on Overexerted, and we hope you enjoyed the episode.